God praise, give God praise, give God the praise. If you're thankful that he's in control, if you're thankful that he's got everything in the palm of his hand, could you just give him all of your heart's praise? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let all of us exalt his name together. Come on, that's it. Exalt that name, that precious name. That beautiful name, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody praise Him because He's a Savior. Somebody praise Him because He's a healer. Somebody praise Him because He is almighty. Yes, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I know we've been praising the Lord, but I wonder if we could take just 15 to 20 seconds and just lift up our hands right now and give Him a soul-cleansing praise. Lord, I thank You for the blood of Jesus. Lord, I thank You that everything I'm facing is going to work together for my good. Lord, I give You praise that I can trust in You. Hallelujah, that You have all of it in control, that You're steadfast that you're unmovable, hallelujah, blessing and honor and glory and power to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes. Come on, I got a praise in my spirit. There's a praise in your soul today. You don't have to leave the same way you came. You can lift up that praise unto God, enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a wonderful Savior we serve. Oh, what a blessed Savior we serve. My goodness, it just feels good in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad to see everyone here. Could we give all of our guests a great big hand clap? God bless each and every one of you today. Amen. We are so delighted that you are here. You are certainly among friends and family, and and, uh, we're just so grateful that you're in the house of the Lord this morning. We know that you can be other places on a Sunday morning, and the fact that you chose to be here at the Tree of Life Church just absolutely means so much to us. And I believe that the Lord has a blessing for you. And uh, I, I just, I came today to be blessed of the Lord. And I know he's going to do that. He's going to show up. He's already here. How many can feel his presence in this place? Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. I'm going to be reading this morning from the book of 1 Kings chapter 13. The book of 1 Kings chapter 13. I do want to just give you a quick update on where we are with Ready Now. Uh, We are going to be meeting again this week. Uh, to, with our executive team and with our uh, architects and our um, owner's representative to discuss the next steps because, folks, these steps we're taking, they're, they're, they're becoming bigger and bigger and more exciting with each step we take. We are currently not counting what takes place today, but we are currently 
uh, sitting at over $2,009,000. I think we ought to give God praise for that. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. What a miracle that is. What a miracle that is. You know, when we first started this project, we were talking about maybe a goal of, of about a million and a half, I think it was. And then we were talking about a, uh, a you know, a, a vision goal of about two million. And, and then we were talking about a God goal of three million. And then we, we actually uh, have, have committed ourselves to 3.6 million. And the fact that we're already over the miracle goal is absolutely amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Glory to God. You know what? I feel there's a praise for that. We should unleash right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you have provided. Hallelujah. You have provided every need that we have faced. Hallelujah. And we worship you. We give you praise, Lord. What a joy it is to serve the Lord and to give unto his great kingdom. Amen. From the book of 1 Kings, the 13th chapter, I want to just read a few verses of Scripture. We're going to begin reading at the fourth verse, and we're going to uh, read down through verse 10, 1 Kings chapter 13, and uh, verses 4 through 10. It came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not pull it again, in again to him. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored again, him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. The man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject entitled The Keeping Power of Purpose. The Keeping Power of Purpose. Amen. Could we just lift up our voices and ask the Lord to bless the preaching of his word in Jesus' name. Lord, your word is life to us. Lord, your word is the very air that we breathe. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would have your way today through the preaching of your word. Remove every hindrance and obstacle. Remove every deterrent, Lord. Every work of the enemy that whispers in the ears of, of people trying to serve you. I pray, Lord, that you will remove that enemy from their life right now in Jesus' name. And help your word to have free course to be delivered according to your divine will and according to the love of God and the will of God. We give you praise today and we worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. 
This passage of scripture contains this chapter. We did not read all of it, but it contains one of the great uh, tragedies, I'll say, of the scriptures. And uh, if you'll allow me, I'd like to relay it to you who may not have uh, heard it before and remind uh, those who perhaps have heard it before. But this is the account of a young prophet. He is kind of the central figure of our text today. Uh, Even though the whole reason that he was brought into the picture was because of the wicked works of a king by the name of Jeroboam. Jeroboam was the king of Israel. Jeroboam was the first king of the divided uh, nation as Israel was a divided kingdom. It had been united under David. It was united under Solomon. But it became divided under Rehoboam. Rehoboam infamously sought to exact much, uh, perhaps I should say, hostility in his treatment to the, of the people. And in so doing, the, the kingdom divided sharply. An opportunist by the name of Jeroboam stepped into the vacuum that was created and, and he took these ten tribes and he was the king over Israel. There was a desire on the part of Rehoboam for reunification. The Lord actually had to tell him, you know what, don't worry about it anymore. It's not going to happen right now. And uh, Jeroboam knew that there was a desire for reunification. Jeroboam was worried that it would, would be reunited as a kingdom. And in fact, uh, there was one day every year that the children of Israel from all over would come back to Jerusalem and worship the one true and living God. Jeroboam knew that every time they came back into Jerusalem, there was a possibility and an opportunity for there to be the flames of reunification to be ignited or stoked. And this bothered him. And so he decided that he would do something about it. He would, he would, he would make a move to somehow prevent the kingdoms from ever being tempted at being united. And so what he did was he built a golden calf and he placed it in Bethel, which was right next to Jerusalem. And he placed a golden calf that was in, that was in Dan and it was as far from Jerusalem as you could get and still be in Israel. And this was the way that uh, Jeroboam sought to remedy the problem. He, he would build these golden calves and he would force the Israelites to go to these golden calves and worship them in Bethel and in Dan. Now Dan was far, far, far away from Jerusalem. You go there and you knew you weren't in Jerusalem. But Bethel was so close to Jerusalem, you had to kind of look around and make sure, have I crossed the line into Jerusalem or, or not? That's the way the devil will tempt people. He will, he will either take you so far from God that, that you know you're not serving God, or he'll bring you right up close to something similar, but it's not the real thing. And that's the way Jeroboam acted and did. And, and it, it absolutely, it, it created an indignation uh, from the Lord. The Lord had a, an anger toward Jeroboam for the way that he had deceived the people. And not only had he deceived the people, but he forced the people. You no, know, you cannot go back to Jerusalem. These are the gods that you will worship. And so he forced them. In fact, 
thereafter, wicked kings who, who would participate in the worship of these golden calves would have a, a sinister moniker next to their name. And it was this, that they followed in the sins of Jeroboam who made Israel to sin. He made Israel to sin. And so God had great anger toward this mistreatment of his people and and he anointed a young prophet. He spoke to the heart of a young prophet in Judah and said, I want you to go to Bethel and I want you to prophesy, cry against the altar that Jeroboam has built in Bethel. And he said, I, I want you to go. That is the purpose for why I am sending you to Bethel. And I want you to cry against that altar. Now, he said, when you do this, I don't want you to eat any bread. I don't want you to drink any water. And I don't want you to, to uh, come back the same way that I'm sending you. I'm, I'm bringing you there on this path, but I'm going to take you out of there on a different path. And make sure now that you don't eat any bread and that you don't drink any water in that place. And here came that young prophet. He walked boldly into Jeroboam's throne room. He is on a mission from God. God had anointed him with purpose to step into this role. It was not a popular place to be. It was not, he was not fitting in with the society. Nobody wanted to see him there. He wasn't winning any popularity contests. Nobody was submitting his name for the nomination of nothing. He just walked into that throne room, that, 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 that courtroom where the altar was, if you please, and he, and he said, cried against that altar and prophesied what the Lord had given him to prophesy. And what he had prophesied was that the Lord's anger has been kindled by this idolatry. Now, now you need to understand something. This, to many people, seemed like minuscule idolatry. Just a little bit of idolatry. I mean, we're just talking about one golden calf in Dan and one golden calf in Bethel, for crying out loud. Stop getting so worked up about everything. It's just one little golden calf here and one little golden calf there. But if you fast forward a book in 10 chapters later, there are idols under every green tree, idols on every hill, idols in every living room, idols on every street corner, idols in the marketplace. It has turned into a nation overrun with idolatry. God knows that a little bit of idolatry will, will run rampant through a society. God knows that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And so God said, I want you to cry against that altar. I want you to go and speak to the root, lay the axe to the root of the tree and, and cry out against it. And so the young prophet did that. And he said, the Lord is going to raise up a king someday. And the king's name is going to be Josiah. He, he, he named the king. He called him by name and said, he's going to come and he's going to remove these calves. He's going to remove the idols and he's going to offer the priests upon the altar and he's going to burn the bones of the priests. I mean, it was a heavy prophecy. It was, it was so, uh, it was so uh, heavy that Jeroboam actually lifted his hand to order his imprisonment. And as he lifted his hand, the Lord struck Jeroboam's hand and his hand withered there in the sight of everyone so that he could not draw it back into himself. And at that moment, the altar was rent and the ashes poured out, which was the sign the Lord had, had conveyed would be the sign that this was a prophecy from the Lord. Without anybody touching it, the altar rent and the ashes poured out. 
Jeroboam knew he was in trouble, that he had heard from the Lord. And he looked at the man of God with his withered hand and he said, beseech the Lord that he would heal my withered hand. And, and the man prayed unto the Lord. The Lord did heal his hand and his hand was restored. And just as it was stricken, it was restored. And Jeroboam looked at that young prophet and he said to him, I need you to come to my house. I've never seen anything like this before. I've never experienced anything like this before. This is the word of the Lord. And I'm a little terrified as I stand here under the doubtless presence of the word of God. Come to my house and refresh yourself and, and, uh, and eat bread with me. And the young prophet said, if you were to give me half your kingdom, I would not come to your house. I would not eat any of your bread. I wouldn't eat your drink, drink your water. I will not have green eggs and ham. I will not have them. Sam, Sam I am, or whatever, however that goes. He said, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to eat any bread. I'm not going to drink any water. I have a word from the Lord not to eat your bread, not to drink your water, but to come on purpose, on a mission to this altar, cry against this altar, declare the word of the Lord, and go back home. Don't eat any bread on the way home. Don't drink any water on the way home. And, and don't go back the same way I came. That's the word I received from the Lord. And I don't care. You could give me all, you could half your kingdom. You could give me your soldiers and your troops. You could give me your money and your riches. You could give me a prominent position in the government. I don't want it. I'm going to heed and hear the word of the Lord. I have a purpose from God. I'm not here for my personal gain. I'm here on purpose. Where the story takes a tragic turn is that the young prophet leaves the presence of the king and he, he heads back a different way, not the way that he came in. He, as the Lord told him, he goes back a way that he did not come in. And as he's on his way back, there were some young men that saw which way he went. And they were the sons of an old prophet. And they went to their dad and said, Dad, our, there was a man, you should have heard him, what he spoke to the king. The king's hand withered the, the altar rent open and the ashes poured out it was an amazing thing and he said that there's going to be a king by the name of Josiah who will rise up and who will destroy all of this idolatry and all of the idolaters and all of the priests who endorsed the idolatry and 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 and, and, they, and he was it was an amazing thing and the old prophet said where is he I'd like to talk to him they said well he's already gone well, where did he go well we saw which way he went well go get him and they they got together their donkeys and they went to look for the young prophet they found him sitting under an oak. That's interesting to me. Sitting under an oak. Now God never said not to sit under an oak. God said not to eat any bread, not to drink any water, and not to return the same way you came. Never said anything about you can't sit under an oak tree and get shade. But the spirit of what the Lord had said was get in and get out. The spirit of what he said was, I don't want you hanging around. I don't want you lingering there. No loitering. Get in, do what I told you to do, and get out. But because the Lord did not spell out, and don't sit under an oak tree, and don't sit under that maple tree, and don't go hang out in that vineyard, and don't sit over there on that park bench, God shouldn't have to spell out everything that he doesn't want you to do. 
Listen, you've got to understand when the Spirit begins to speak to you, you've got to get a hold of the Spirit of what God is telling you to do. Don't look for legal loopholes. Well, he didn't technically say, I can't do that. He didn't technically say, I shouldn't go there. No, 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 no. God knows where your heart is. And if your heart is in the right place, ladies and gentlemen, you'll obey and heed what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you to do. God did not technically say don't sit under an oak tree but because he did not heed the spirit of what God was saying which was to get in get out do what I told you to do come on home a different way than you went he hung around and he hung around too long he hung around until more temptation began to emerge and the next temptation that was going to come his way was much more devious than the first. The first was pretty intense. The first came from the king. The king who had, who had material wealth, who had fame and power to offer. This was quite a temptation, but the young man was successful in resisting that temptation. I don't want material gain. I don't want material wealth. I'm not in this for, for prominence in your government or in your cabinet or in your kingdom. But the next temptation that came his way was something he had a hard time resisting and in fact did not the next temptation was a religious temptation it was a temptation that was laced with spiritualism it sounded really similar to a word from the Lord you have to be so careful ladies and gentlemen and let me tell you how to be careful you obey what the spirit of the Lord is telling you to do and when the spirit of what God has told you to do is get in, get out, preach my word, accomplish my purpose, and move on a different way than you came, then that's what you do. You don't go hanging around different places just because God never technically said you can't. Hallelujah. And he's sitting under an oak tree, and here comes this old prophet. And the old prophet said, are you the man of God that spoke to the king Jeroboam? And the ashes of the altar poured out, and, and the king's hand was withered. And you talked about a king named Josiah who would come one day. And the young prophet said, yeah, I'm, that's me. And he said, I thought that was you. I want you to come to my house, and I want you to refresh yourself, and I want you to eat bread with me and drink water with me. He said, I can't do it. He said, because the Lord told me not to eat any bread, not to drink any water. Didn't say anything about sitting under this oak tree, but he said, not to eat any bread, not to drink any water, and not to return the same way I came. I'm sorry, I'll have to bid you adieu. And then the old prophet said, I too am a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord has told me it would be perfectly fine for you to eat bread in my house and drink water in my house and, and, and you'll be just fine. You don't, have to, you don't have to be so, so strict about everything the Lord told you. The Lord has told me I too am a prophet. And then three of the most terrifying words to emerge in the word of the Lord, and they are these, but he lied. And there, is, there may be nothing more destructive than a lying preacher. There are people all across our world who have bought lies told by preachers who pose themselves as spiritualists and religious experts and people just sit and take everything that's spoon-fed to them and they believe a lie and the Bible said the Bible goes further than saying they believed a lie. He said they believed a lie and are damned. 
That's the result of believing a lie. Don't believe a lie. In fact, don't even, don't even take my word for it, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm, I'm being perfectly honest with you today. I had better check out according to this word. You've got to have a relationship with the word of God for yourself so that you can open the book. Hallelujah. I said you can open the book and read the word of the Lord. Now, if what I'm saying is consistent with the word of God, then receive it. But if you see inconsistency with the word of God, you've got to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't take a preacher's word for it. You let the word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. You let the word be a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart and a sharp two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And if you find a good preacher that'll preach the word of God unabashed and unadulterated, you ought to thank God for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, I, I, don't get to, I don't get to get up here and vent my frustrations and talk about my pet peeves and, and start talking about the latest thing that got on my nerves and give you all of my conjecture and opinion on a thing and speculation. I am not here to preach Joel's opinion. I'm here to preach the word of the Lord. You need to turn off the lying preacher. You need to tune out of the lying preacher. You need to stop following the lying preacher. You need to unfollow the lying preachers you have in your life. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Hallelujah. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. His leaf shall not fade. He will bring forth fruit in his season. Glory to God. Glory to God. But he lied. He told him that the Lord had spoken to him when the Lord had not spoken to him. And they went to the old prophet's house, and the young prophet is sitting there eating bread like God told him not to eat bread, drinking water like God told him not to drink water. And all of a sudden, the old prophet, listen, hear this. The word of the Lord did come to the old prophet. And the old prophet spoke the word of the Lord and said, oh my, you got to get out of here. You're in danger of the judgment of God. You disobeyed. You get up, go, go, run as fast as you can. Now, here's what I want you to know. Just because a person can speak the word of the Lord doesn't mean they also won't lie. You better check what word you're believing and, 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 and balance it according to the word of the Lord and, and let the word of God speak to you. And do, listen, I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible said, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jehovah is our salvation and that Jesus is the Messiah is not of God. 
Hallelujah. Listen to what Paul said. He said, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, let him be a curse. This is serious business. You've got to believe the word of the Lord. You can't just believe what anybody says to you. You've got to hear the word and believe the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So because they had heard this man speak the word of the Lord on one occasion, they thought they could believe everything that came out of his mouth. That's not how it works. It's not the mouth of the prophet that is blessed. It is the word that is blessed. And so the old prophet spoke now the actual word of the Lord and said, you're going to be judged on your way home. Man, you made a mistake by coming over here. And the young prophet left immediately. And while he was on his way home, a lion met him in the way and destroyed him. And and, and the old prophet, of course, felt so badly for the deception he had brought into the young man's life, he went and found him. He gathered up his body and buried it in a, borrowed, buried it in a tomb. And he had his own bones buried in that same tomb so that when the day came when Josiah would arrive, that the, the, the young prophet's bones would be all right and his, prophet's bones, his bones would be all right. And, and it, but, but what a tragedy. A star that rose so fast and faded so quickly. This young prophet who had a direct word from the Lord, who had a purpose in his life, a mission that he was to, to be, uh, be focused on. And, and then all of a sudden, all of it comes to a grinding halt because he has disobeyed the Lord and he has veered off the path. And he hung around too long in the city that God said, get in, get out, and, and, and get back home where you belong. And, and, and so here this young prophet is. He, he had a purpose, but he veered from the purpose. I want you to know that there's a keeping power in understanding your purpose. I remember the elders talking about the keeping power of God. How that the Lord would put you in the palm of his hands and he would keep you. And he would hold on to you. And he would never let you go if you'd let him. If you'd let God be God, God would be God and he would keep you. He called, they called it the keeping power of God. The keeping power of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to understand today that there's a keeping power in understanding the purpose of God in your life. It's when we drift and veer from our purpose that we cease to do what God has called us to do when we walk into dangerous territories and I want you to know today that our purpose is not personal gain our purpose is not personal positioning our purpose is not building wealth our purpose is not material gain our purpose is to do the works that the Lord has sent us to do I need to remind somebody today, regardless of where you work, regardless of what promotion you have, regardless of what you've been appointed by man to do, you are a light to this dark world. You don't blend in with the darkness. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. You and I, we are the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. Listen to what the word says, though. 
We are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? That savor is a reference to understanding. If the salt has lost its understanding, then how shall the earth be salted? If people lose sight of their purpose, then how is the world going to have a voice crying in the wilderness? If people start thinking that they're supposed to blend in, that they're supposed to be a part of society... In such a way that nobody knows they're a Christian. Nobody knows they're a believer. Nobody knows they're a one God apostolic believer in Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, you weren't made to blend in. You're here on purpose. You're here. You're here to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know, I know, you're not winning any popularity contest. I understand when you walk in with your lifestyle and you walk in with your demonstration of godly attitude and godly living, it might rub some people the wrong way at first. You don't have to be self-righteous. You don't have to be holier than thou. You don't have to act like you're better than anybody or superior to anybody. When you truly understand your purpose, you know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side. You'd have no hope in this world. I'm telling you the people who understand their purpose are not arrogant. They're not proud. They're not boastful. They don't think they're better than anybody. They're just thankful that the blood of Jesus reached down to where they are. Glory to God. And I'm never going to make the same mistake again that, that, that took me down that path. God lifted me. I'm going to stay above that fray. God brought me out of that pit. I'm not going back down into that pit. God lifted me out of that despair. I'm not going back into that despair. I'm here on purpose. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you have never repented of your sins, I'm telling you it's the most wonderful feeling to be able to walk away from sinful habits and sinful lifestyle. This church is filled with people who have forsaken the wicked way in which they once walked. We are not a people who who point fingers of accusation. We are people who say, he did it for me. He can do it for you. He lifted me. He delivered. Delivered me, he set me free. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, here is water. What doth hinder you to be baptized? To go down in the name, the precious name, the saving name. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah, the name of Jesus. And you leave that old man in the water and you rise to walk in the newness of life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And you, ladies and gentlemen, shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you'll speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance. Hallelujah. If you've never experienced it, I can't wait to see you experience it. 
I can't wait. Could you just give me a quick text or call or something to let me know when it's about to happen? Because I love to see the joy. And I love to see the gladness. I love to see the peace. I love to see the wondrous celebration that comes upon the heart of a man or a woman when they give their heart completely to God and he fills them with his Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. I'm just kidding. You don't have to text me or call me. Don't let anything hold you back. Just give God all the praise and let him fill you to overflowing. Don't prevent it. Quench not the spirit. Let the Holy Ghost have his way. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And and, and when you experience it, I want you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. God anoints you with purpose. He anoints you with purpose. I didn't put you in this world for you to blend in with everybody else. I put you in this world so that a light would shine from you. Don't put a bushel over the light that I have put in your life. Take the bushel off and let the light shine forth. Hallelujah. Now, I've sent you in there to do something. I've sent you in there to turn things around. I've got you in that that company. I've got you in that group. I've got you in that sphere of influence. I've got you in that world to let the light shine. We got too many incognito Christians. Uh, Some of y'all are, some folks are, are super secret agents. And you got the little... You got the little glasses with the mustache and the big nose. And you got the little hat and the coat and the scarf and the collar turned up. And you don't want nobody to know how much you love Jesus. Ah, You don't want anybody to know. You don't want anybody to see your dance. You see him walk in on a Sunday morning like, "Uh uh-oh. I better be real careful. They start singing that song I like. No, 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 don't be ashamed of him. Don't be ashamed of him. He brought you out of the miry clay. He set your feet upon the rock to stay. He put a song in your soul today, a song of his praise. Hallelujah. Wherever I am, I'll praise him. Whenever I can, I'll praise him. For he brought me out. He brought me out. The Lord said, I want you to go in there with purpose. I want you to preach my gospel. And he said, I don't want you to eat any bread while you're there. Don't eat any of their bread. See, they've backslidden from the Lord. These ten tribes have turned their back on the law of God. Their bread is contaminated. Their bread is leavened. It has in it things that are not allowed to be in the bread of the most holy God. And you go into that world and you start eating their bread. It gets into your bloodstream. And it starts convoluting what the Lord would do in your life. We got too many saints of God that are eating the bread of this world. We are the children of another bread. We do not eat the bread of this world. You hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. Can I just preach to you? It's time to... Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. My God, have mercy. Some of you are tuned into Netflix and not tuned into this right here. (laughs) 
Some of you, some of you know what, what's, what's, what's coming and what the new features are and what have you on Hulu and Prime or whatever, and, but you don't know anything about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You don't know anything about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy, major prophets, minor prophets, the books of poetry. You don't know anything about the general epistles or the book of Revelation. you got to get into what matters. This is the bread you need to be eating, not the bread of this world. God's got a purpose for you. You're not like everybody else. You're not like everybody else. And you need to thank God that you're not like everybody else. Don't Don't be deceived by the temptations of this world. Oh, pastor, don't worry. I won't be deceived by the temptations of this world. I won't be deceived because this world has offered me all kinds of stuff. They've, this, and I've turned it all down. I don't want that old lifestyle. I, I know you might turn down the temptation of the king. But I'm more concerned about folks who who don't resist the temptation of false prophets. Those who speak the lingo. Those who know the buzzwords. Those who who know how to talk your language. I too am a prophet of God. Listen to how I can speak the word of the Lord at times here and there. But then I'll slip in this leaven into your bread and leaven the whole lump. You, you know, you know, you can't drink the water of this world. No, you cannot drink the water of this world. It may look like it's all right, but, but the impurities of water often are invisible. You can't see them as you look in the translucent water. It looks clear. It, you have to put it under the microscope of spiritual mindedness to understand what parasitic influences truly reside inside that water. Oh, I wish I could tell you what the Holy Ghost has put upon my heart. Oh, God, help us. You know, many times the water will, will be purified at its original spout, but, but it's not, it, it, it takes a while to get to where you are. It has to go through a lot of pipes, and while it's going through those pipes, those pipes sometimes have cracks in them, and there are pollutants and contaminants along the way. This is why we don't drink water in certain countries because there are not the exact specifications as there should be in in delivering water to people. We have problems with it in our own country in certain cities. And you, you have to be careful of where you're drinking the water. Hallelujah. You you gotta have you gotta hallelujah, you gotta put you gotta put that water in a bottle. I have waited this whole sermon to open this bottle of water. Y'all, I'm so thirsty. Lord, have mercy. I about fainted trying to get to this point. See, you got to hear a little click. I don't know if the mic will pick it up, but you got to hear a little click. It's unopened. It's untarnished. Nobody has messed with this water. Nobody has dealt with it. Nobody opened it up and poured their own opinions into it and put their own ideas and traditions into it and put their own heresies and false doctrines and false teachings. you got to have the real word, the pure word. Somebody give him praise while I take a drink. shall give you. Jesus said you'll never thirst again. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. It shall be in you a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. 
Oh, God, I don't want contaminated water. God, I don't want leavened bread. I want the pure. I want the real. I want the raw. I want the uncontaminated blessing of your word in my life. Hallelujah. This, you know what? This is, this is all you can eat when you're on purpose. See, if you were just like everybody else, you could stop at any fast food place you wanted. And it's tempting to do that. When you're going through life, I just stop here real quick, get something quick, and, and just, yeah, I'll take a Big Mac and I'll take, throw me in one of those uh, McFlurries or whatever you got. And then I'll, Chicken McNuggets, you'll overeat, you'll eat stuff that, that you don't even know where it came from or what they're putting inside of it. You got to take your food with you when you go. Get you some raw organic almonds and put them inside a little baggie. Get you some carrot sticks and some celery sticks. I better, I better stop meddling now. I'm getting hungry for stuff that's not carrots and celeries and almonds, even as I'm saying it. But you've got to take the the food with you when you go. I can't eat bread in this workplace. This isn't where I eat my bread. I'm not spiritually nourished. I'm not spiritually nourished in this group. I'm not better than them. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not better than them, but I used to eat this bread, and I know where it took me. I used to drink this water, and I know where it took me. I don't want to go down that path anymore. I don't want to go back to where I came from. Lord, I want you. I want you. I want you. I'll only, I'll only. I'll only eat your bread and drink your water. He said, and do not return the same way you went. I'm going to send you there a certain way. Do not go back that way. It's interesting. What a, what a strange command. Those are the kinds of commands we get from God that we're like, does it really matter? As long as I get there, right? Does it really matter which direction I take? I mean, if I take, you know, Montgomery Road or I-71, I mean, it's kind of like six and half a dozen. As long as, I, as long as I get there. But every word of God is pure, the Bible says. Every word of God is pure. There's a reason he says what he says. Even the stuff you think is kind of strange or silly and you... It doesn't make a lot of sense. And there's temptations in the world to say, don't worry about that. That's not important. Here's, here's what I know. The guy got off the track God put him on, and he got killed by a lion. Here's what God knows. The path that he will lead you on is a path that doesn't have lions on it. There's a highway called holiness and the bible says no ravenous beast shall walk thereon god is putting you on a highway called holiness and if you'll walk on the highway called holiness it may not make sense to you it may not be something that you really think matters but god said to do it trust him walk with him walk on that highway called holiness and when you walk on that highway called holiness the lions and the adders and the young lions and the serpents and the scorpions and all manner of evil beasts they can't reach you 
Don't return the same way you came. I don't know what, I don't know what brought you to God. There are some things that bring you to God that, that, that are unbelievable. Some of the ways that people came to God are amazing. People in ditches, people drunk, people sitting in jailhouses, people who are, who are, are freed from overdoses, people whose, whose marriages are on the brink, people whose lives are in shambles, people who wake up in hospitals and they decide, i got to get to God. God said, that's wonderful. I'm glad you're here. But when you leave, I don't want you to go back the same way you came. I want you to walk in a new direction. I want you to live a new life. I want you to stop. I've got a better way for you. I've got a better path for you. Oh, does somebody believe it today? How many have learned that God has a better way? Woo, hallelujah. No, I'm not going to drink from every, every water fountain that the devil puts in front of me. I got my trusty, dusty bottle of water, and that's what I'm drinking. I got my little almonds and my little carrot sticks and what have you, and my king-size Kit Kat bars in my Ziploc bags, and that's what I'm going to eat. I don't want what the world will give me. I don't want what the enemy will put in my path. Lord, I hunger for you. Lord, I desire you. Lord, I want your spirit in my life. Come on, somebody lift your hands and give God praise right now in this house. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise right now. Come on, stand with me in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. A preacher friend of mine, a preacher friend of mine went to a, went to a country where the sanitation practices are not like he's used to here in the United States. He was warned not to eat everything, not to drink the water from the tap. They said you need to avoid all of these various foods, and, and, and you can have this and that, but not these and, and those. One of the things they told him to avoid was something, I mean, it seemed harmless. It was just salad. It was lettuce. They said, don't eat the lettuce. He did real good for the two weeks he was on this missions trip. He didn't have any lettuce. And as he came into the airport to fly home, he was walking by a particular cafeteria in the airport, and they had this picture of a beautiful salad. And he said, man, I have been wanting a salad for two weeks. So he went in and he ordered the salad. He knew better. He had been advised not to. But something about being around something for so long, you start growing comfortable with your surroundings. And you start thinking that, it, I, it, you know, I, it probably won't harm me. I've seen others do it, and it probably won't harm me. He ate the salad, and for the next 12 months of his life, he battled what became a near-fatal parasitic disease. He met a doctor who was from that country. And she said, I know exactly what you're facing. And I know how to treat it. I just want to spare somebody today from getting a hold of some foreign agent that was not meant for your bloodstream. That was, some, that was something that, that, that you, it's in the country where you're ministering. It's in the, it's in the field where you're laboring. And other people are seeming to enjoy it. Other people are seeming to have a big time. But God told you, I have you here on purpose. Don't eat the bread. 
don't drink the water and don't return the same way you came. I have you here on a mission. I'm just here to remind somebody of their purpose. And I pray that God will keep you in the palm of his hand as you rededicate yourself to the purpose of God in your life. You're not like everybody else. Oh, I feel your presence, Lord. I feel your presence, Lord. Somebody lift your hands with me in the name of Jesus. Some of you are struggling. Some of you are struggling right now because some of the toxic bitterness of this world has gotten into your bloodstream. Some of the, some of the lusts of this world are, are alive in your bloodstream because you're eating the bread and you're drinking the water. And God has you here for a different reason. Hallelujah. I'm opening these altars right now for somebody to come down and say, God, I need you to purify my heart. Lord, I need you to cleanse me again. I need you to, I need you to do a new work in me. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, God, cleanse us of all false teaching. Cleanse us, Lord, of every worldly influence that is not like you. Lord, I pray that you'll cleanse us of the societies toxins Lord the hatred and the anger that exists in our world cleanse me of it Lord help me to love my brother and my sister and not be caught up in the hostility that has become so prevalent in our world come on somebody step down here in the name of Jesus come on step down here in the name of the Lord come on step down here in the name of the Lord hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus Come on, I need somebody who knows why they're here. You know why you're here. You're not here just to get by. You're not here just to fit in. But you're here to do a work for the Lord. You're here to be a light of this world. Salt of this earth. I will follow. that's it some of you need a blood transfusion because you've got stuff in your system that needs to go you've got some toxins in your system you've got some parasitic influence something something that you've been exposed to some virus some bacteria come on that's it let God do a work in your heart today you have called me repented. I need you to go ahead and do that right now. 
There's a beautiful refreshing. There's a refreshing breeze of God's presence that's coming through this house.